You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking all about holistic pet tips. And I'm going to preface this conversation by saying I am not a pet expert. I am just a avid fur baby mom who wants the absolute best for her animals. And I want to live the best quality life possible. And because I love my animals so much, I want them to live the best quality of life with me. So I've done a lot of research along the way. And a lot of this stuff might be more common sense than we think, but I'm going to share a lot of tips that we've done with both of our pets. We have a cat that we rescued when I was in chiropractic school. I think he's seven now. Oh, he still seems like a baby. And then we have Tala, who is our dog. She is three and a half. So when we first got our animals, we really, obviously we're just looking for, okay, what is maybe the best, you know, what is a good food for them? Um, so throughout the journey, we've definitely, we've gotten kind of the better version of kibbles and dry foods dabbled into other types of foods for Tala and have slowly transitioned to raw for our cat. He, for the longest time has just been eating like is best quality foods that I can possibly find because honestly, most kibble is very much so the equivalent to human cereal. Like a lot of it is just absolute garbage, filler ingredients, inflammatory oils processed on high heat to degrade even more naturally occurring vitamins and minerals. But I understand that that is probably the most convenient food for pet owners. So I want to just share some things that you can look for. I guess we'll start with food first, some things that we can look for in food. And another crazy thing is I'm constantly having to scour ingredients because we used, we used to use a pet food that was amazing. I loved it for rush. It was all just like deboned chicken, fresh salmon, chicken liver, I mean, it was great stuff. And then they did, uh, they did have vitamins and minerals and probiotics and stuff in there too. But then one day I realized, oh my God, why is there soybean oil in here? Like there was, there was canola oil and it was like so crazy. And then they changed the deboned chicken and they part added chicken meal. And it's, it's just so crazy. I'm like, what the heck happened? And then I realized that that company actually got bought out by a big food company. So it makes sense. They are always going to cut corners when they can. So uh, things that we generally look for. And like I said, I'm having to constantly continue looking. I'm always looking for m- the main ingredients, the first few ingredients to be like a deboned chicken, a fish, turkey. And it's something with, I don't want any meals, like no chicken meal, no turkey meal, no byproduct. I want it to be the actual meal or I, I want it to be not a meal. I want it to be like the deboned chicken or whatever it is. Obviously I'm looking for no inflammatory vegetable oils. Honestly, the least, the, the less amount of ingredients, the better I've got to go downstairs and look at the actual brand. It's a small brand. It's not something that I've heard of before. I get it at country max. Um, I'm going to go look at it really quick. Acana is the brand name, A-C-A-N-A. We get it at Country Max. 
I think Tractor Supply has it. That's usually where we get his food. Um, but I looked at the ingredients and the first few ingredients are like deboned turkey, chicken liver. There was a meal in it though, like a chicken meal. And I honestly, this is what I'm saying. You have to literally look at every single one because there's certain flavors that we get or certain ki- like kinds within a brand that are good. And we picked up this one last minute because we we're traveling out of town soon. And anyways, but my point is you always want to look at the ingredients. Same thing with dog food. We used to feed Tala blue buffalo. Then I found some of the blue buffaloes were cleaner than others. And honestly, she just got really picky. She's like, I don't want to eat this because we were spoiling her and we're giving her steak and chicken and yogurt and things like that and bone broth. And then she's like, why on earth would I eat this when I could get real stuff? So that got really tricky, but honestly, a a great step. If you're just trying to incorporate more nutrients into your animal's food is to literally just start adding whole foods to even their kibble. So our cat, we, he'll get the highest quality dry food that I can find, but he gets sardines. He gets chicken liver. He gets, um, sometimes whatever, like salmon, you know, canned or, uh, wild caught salmon. So we do try to incorporate those types of foods into his day, even on a daily basis. And even for a dog, we would put, crack open an egg and put it in Talus thing. You could just get some chicken liver and start putting that in their food or putting bone broth or kefir or yogurt or all these different things that you can just level up their nutrition with just some more whole food. So even if you can't commit to doing something like cooking your dog's own food or transitioning them to raw, being able to just incorporate sardines or salmon, eggs, yogurt, kefir, pumpkin, um, any, any whole food that you want. I mean, a little bit of, say you make burgers, give them a little bit of that. Any, any added nutrition you're going to give them, it is going to be helpful for them. And because I understand it's, it is a lot, it's, it's not a lot of work. It's just a lot of planning that goes into feeding her raw. And I'll talk about kind of the logistics and all that kind of stuff, things that have really been helpful for us. But in terms of just starting out with being able to add more nutrition in sardines are amazing because one cats need sodium. That's why they're constantly like, they love like licking our skin, especially when we're sweaty and dogs need sodium too. And sardines, we get sardines from Aldi. That is just sardines in water. They have of course ones that are in like soybean oil and stuff, but this is just sardines in water. It's like 99 cents or a dollar for a huge pack that'll last. I mean, if I feed both of them twice a day with it, it'll last a whole day, but I mean, that's a dollar a day. I mean, you cannot beat that. So that's a huge way to pack in the nutrients. It's giving them omega-3s. It's great for anti-inflammatory. Um, it's great because it's giving them some salt and minerals. Honestly, that's a really great way to, if you added one food in, that's a great option. Eggs are another great option because eggs are really great for their coat, especially if you have a dog that's very itchy to just crack a raw egg. You can actually even give them the shell too and have them eat that and mix that in with, you know, their kibble that hopefully doesn't have like inflammatory oils. But even if it does, like you're still doing something better. Um, that's something that I feel like was a really good transition for us. When Tala started to get very picky, we would, we had to find a way to get her to eat her food with whole foods. So bone broth is another great one. Bone broth is great for their joints. A lot of people in my question box, when I mentioned that I was talking about this, were like, how can I help 
support their joints. Honestly, just like we would support our joints with collagen and glutamine rich and glycine rich foods, bone broth is the best. And for that reason, that's why I feel like I'm always making it here. I'm getting a bunch of chicken or steak bones or whatever and making my own. And I just put a little bit in her in her food and she loves it, especially if you warm it up for them. I'll heat it on the stove and put it in there and it, they love it. So those are amazing. So um, in terms of cat, other like cat food recommendations, because someone had asked a question on that, um, like I said, every brand I feel like is constantly changing. So look up like the Akana brand. There was another brand. I can't even remember the name. They're, it's these smaller brands. They're not anything like um, Wilderness or Blue, Buff- Blue Buffalo I know is a, what's the other one? Similar to that, you know, like the the big popular like grain-free ones. I don't know. I can't think of the name right now. But honestly, just being able to turn it around and you have to look at the ingredients because I feel like these companies are being bought every two freaking seconds and it's terrifying. The company that I'm probably telling you about right now was just bought. Like I have to go back and look at all of their ingredients. I feel like even though we buy the same things all the time, they're constantly changing, which is terrifying. Um, okay. So that's kind of ways that you can level up their nutrition. I talked about kefir and pumpkin is kind of additives, but especially if you're really trying to optimize their gut health or say your dog has some digestive issues or they have got some diarrhea, those are my two go-to natural cures. Um, we, Tala actually last week got in, I don't know, maybe one of the things that I gave her wasn't as good anymore. And she was having some bathroom issues, so I soaked a teaspoon or two of chia seeds and some kefir. Kefir is loaded with probiotics. It has billions of probiotics. And soaked that for 30 to 60 minutes and gave her that with some pumpkin. And by that, later that day, she was totally fine. For the record, that's something that you can also do yourself. I mean, those are all great things that humans can do as well, especially chia seeds soaked, whether in water or whatever, is amazing for gut health, constipation, et cetera. Um, okay. So that's kind of the food topic. If I think of anything else, I'll, I'll make sure to kind of circle back organs. I know I talked a little bit about, you can add liver or something to your animal's food. Animals need organs because they need the complete nutrient profile. So even just getting some desiccated liver or, I mean, we got Tala just freeze-dried liver treats that are little size training treats. And that's the only ingredient, freeze-dried liver. Or And we incorporate liver. Liver is honestly a very cheap thing that you can add to your animal's food. Cats will eat it. Cats obviously eat much less. And it might be easier for them if it's ground up. You can sprinkle desiccated liver on their food. Any of those things work. But, I mean, organs are... If you're going to add anything to their food, that honestly would probably be the best one. And you can... We've We've incorporated a lot of different ones. I'd say the main staples in Tala's diet is liver and heart. She's eaten kidney. She has eaten, um, what else has she eaten? Maybe kidney and heart and liver are the only, the main ones. Oh, she's eaten lung. She's eaten beef lungs before. I don't know. There's just been some random ones, but those are, I'd say the staples. Uh, I, I guess I'll transition a little bit to how we've transitioned her raw and how we kind of make that work, what that looks like. So like I said, she started out eating kibble. Then we started adding some high quality food to her food to just increase the nutrition. Then she got even more spoiled 
and really was eating around it or only eating so much of it because she knew what the good stuff tasted like. Then we transitioned to farmer's dog. Farmer's dog was great for a little bit. It was just whole foods, organs. I didn't know the exact quality of the meat, um, but honestly, it just got expensive. I mean, it was like almost $10 a day, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. Um, and it was great. It was very convenient, but not really price effective. So great for, you know, if we were going to travel or if we didn't have time or we just were like, okay, let's just take something out and give her half of it. And then we're on our way. But because farmer's dog is cooked, when we transitioned her to raw, it had to still be a slow transition. So it was part farmer's dog, part raw. In terms of raw, they need, because everything that they are getting from food, there's not getting anything from synthesized kibble or synthesized vitamins or anything like that. Everything that they are getting is from food. So for that reason, you have to make sure you have a healthy balance. Uh, I will put some books on the, in the show notes for things that I've read and things that you can look into if you are interested in learning more about this. Um, I actually have one on my Amazon storefront, I believe. I think I put it there. I'll make sure that I link it. But when we started incorporating meats, organs, and just all whole foods into her raw diet, like I said, it was, we would just slowly start adding a little bit of raw to the farmer's dog. About a fourth, a week goes by, about a half, a little go, a week goes by. We, if she's transitioning well, then we would add about three fourths raw a fourth of what she was eating before, which was a farmer's dog, and then fully transition. So what essentially her plate looks like is it's some sort of primarily meat. So she's about 80 something pounds. She probably eats, I don't know, a pound to two pounds of meat a day. It also depends on how active she is. So that's either ground beef, some sort of beef. Usually, um, sometimes I'll feed her fish, white fish or salmon, um, some eggs sometimes, um, she really does super well with carrots. So I'll shred up carrots in there for good fiber. Technically dogs don't need any of that stuff, but I like to incorporate a little bit of that in. Sometimes I'll add some frozen blueberries. Tons of studies have shown that wolves in the wild will have blueberries in their feces. So it definitely, that's an evolutionarily consistent portion of their diet. Um, they do not need grains. They do not need beans. Those again were to me on at unneeded fillers that were in the farmer's dog that I would rather be providing more nutrient density for. So she doesn't get any beans. She doesn't get any grains. Um, she doesn't really get rice that can be helpful if they have diarrhea. But honestly, I find that the kefir and pumpkin tends to be way more effective and it's much less inflammatory for them. If I do give it to her any, I give her like soaked uh, soaked rice or something like that. Um, some bone broth or kefir. I always add some sort of a liquid. You want to make sure that they're getting some sort of calcium and phosphorus. So if I don't give her a raw bone, like a marrow bone or something like that, I make sure to incorporate chicken necks again, very cost effective. And even if you just wanted to incorporate chicken necks to your animals food, it's so cost effective. I mean, it's, I buy a huge thing of it. There's probably a 30 plus of them in there. And I just give her one at a serving and it's like $5. Um, so that's great for getting kind of like the bone component. If she doesn't get a bone to snack on, which I only give her a bone maybe one to two times a week. So the other time she's definitely getting some chicken necks, like I said, some sort of liquid bone broth or kefir. Um, sometimes what some portion of like a fruit 
or rooted vegetables. So it's carrots or some type of frozen fruit and then some pumpkin for digestion. And then especially if she's getting a lot of beef, I like to give her sardines or salmon to kind of help with the omega-3 portion of it. And then sometimes because she's spoiled, um, both animals will get supplements. I give them like a spore-based um, animal probiotic. And um, sometimes I'll give her, uh, what else do I give her? Some CBD for joint support. Sometimes I'll give her a little bit of the binder that I take. Sometimes she'll take parasite products if it's at a certain time of the month. Um, but on a day, on a daily basis, she's not getting a whole ton. Standard process has a really great whole food based kind of like multivitamin that I really like to sprinkle in. So, um, I don't think that you can get access to their animal line on full script. You might be able to. So if you're on my full script, you can just type in standard process veterinary and you can see like they've got, um, immune support, which was actually great when she was in daycare, everybody in her daycare got kennel cough and, she coughed like two to three times and did not have it because mom loaded her up on all the probiotics, all the immune support. She's a rock star. So, I mean, I do think that those go a long way, just like they do for humans. There's so many things that we can do to support ourselves. There's a daily support that's just got a mixture of organs and nutrients. So I, if I do give her kind of either animal, there's a one for felines as well. That's a little pellet that I just break up a little bit smaller and put it right in his food. He doesn't even notice he eats it right up. And it's just kind of an additional multivitamin for them. So I really like adding those in just kind of as an insurance policy. So I think, I think that wraps it up with food. Tali eats twice a day, usually beef or beef, fish, chicken necks or bone, kefir, bone broth, blueberries, carrots, Sometimes she'll get some seasonal vegetables, you know, like if there's broccoli or cauliflower, I'll make that up for her. Sometimes if I'm baking apples, I'll put those in for her. I really just don't give her anything like onions. I, they do not do onions. And I'm pretty sure onions is the main one that they don't do. I know I would never give her straight onions anyways, but I'm careful if we season something with onions, which I tend to not put that in my bone broth just so that um, she's not getting any the root residue from that. So in terms of environment, just how we need to or want to live in as low toxic of an environment as possible, it's the same thing for our animals. I mean, think about it. They're in our homes probably more than we are, especially because like we go to work or we go places and they they are usually here. So having the air be as clean as possible is not only beneficial for us, but it's really beneficial for our animals, especially if they suffer with allergies. So just like us, allergies are a root cause of liver or gut stuff. So there is um, a liver support supplement from Standard Process called Antronex, and you can give it to your pets. I give it to Tala anytime our neighborhood is spraying pesticides on people's lawns, which I hate when that day is, Um, but I make sure I give her extra liver support. And it's interesting because it literally is just liver components and like desiccated liver and things like that but it is really helpful for your allergies. So just to show you the connection between liver and allergies, it's pretty amazing. So environment is is a huge factor. You know, we do not spray our lawn. We do not use any harsh chemicals. If anything, our animals are way more sensitive to things like Clorox and these harsh detergents than we are. I mean, we might be sensitive to it, but think about how sensitive their sense of smell is and essentially take ours and multiply it. So they are very sensitive 
to that type of stuff. So if you don't want to have a clean house or a not a, l- a lower tax house for yourself, at least do it for your animals. So, and because of that, I am cautious of even things like certain essential oils. I know there's a lot of questions on this. I'm not an expert. The main oils that I just really tend to not diffuse in the household are clove, cinnamon, and tea tree. I will still use them. I will use tea tree on, you know, on my, on my scalp in the shower, um, maybe topically, but I just try not to diffuse those things because especially for cats, they just don't have the enzyme to break it down. I'm not using essential oils diffusing excessively. If I do, they're very citrus, they're very, they're lavender based and it's, they're in a big open room where the animal is able to come and go as it pleases. And I haven't found any issues with those. And it also comes down to quality. I would definitely say, I would argue and say burning a candle with your pet there is much more toxic than burning any essential oil or running any essential oil. Um, I have essential oil-based candles and the animals are in the room. They're totally fine. If you start to notice any neurologic type stuff, obviously please stop. Um, but they, we haven't had any issues even with an essential oil-based candle, but Bath and Body Works candles, Yankee candles, very toxic to pets and very heavily linked to allergies just as they are in humans. And like I said, our pet's sense of smell is so much stronger. And then you're, you're essentially lighting a carcinogen on fire in your household that your pet has nowhere to go. If you do anything in your environment, limit, limit that, um, making sure that not only for your sanity, but for, for their health, that you're making sure to vacuum and dust regularly because mold particles can get trapped in dust and animals can be sensitive to that. And just to pick up dandruff and things like that. So we're constantly, I feel like vacuuming, uh, which is fine. Constantly vacuuming and dusting just to keep the air more pure definitely opening the windows when the air quality outside is good. And when the, when the weather cooperates is great just to again, detoxify the house for us and for them. And I'm also really careful of furniture that could be off gassing and trying to get like organic comforters and things like that, that I know that the animals are laying on. So like we have an organic comforter on our bed, but Tala has her own bedroom and I need to make sure to switch her comforter out to something that is organic if I, if I can. But that's, again, a stepwise thing. So even if you're just making sure you're not using non-toxic shampoo or, sorry, detergent, that would be a better step, in my opinion. So environment's huge. Making sure you're really limiting environmental chemicals, not using fragrances or candles and cleaners that are very harsh because those are affecting our pets' senses and it can definitely be a huge trigger for their allergies as well. So that's really important. Activities, huge. I mean, think about humans. We, and especially think about animals. Animals are wild. Their, their roots are in a wild animal and they're not meant to be sedentary. I think that's, I see so many overweight pets. And I think a lot of that is the inflammation and inflammatory oils in the foods, but just making sure your pets are staying active. It's one, a great bonding thing. Our pets need to be stimulated. So stimulating them with play or games or training, they need a purpose and working into, even though with our busy schedules, working into some type of activity, some type of workout for her, some type of play for the cat and some stimulation and training to show them it's just a, a complete other way to be able to stimulate them. Additional things in their environment that we can be looking to maybe clean up their treats, what they're what they're getting in terms of snacks or bones. So many bones, especially conventional 
or typical bones like milk bones and things like that have very unneeded additives like food colorings and other just additives that although hopefully it's still in moderation it's still not something that the dog needs so we try to stick to freeze-dried organs or things that have a very short ingredient list you can do homemade treats with peanut butter oats and make a biscuit i've never done that because i I try to stick more towards like meat based because animals especially animal uh, dogs and cats they they are not vegans and vegetarians they are carnivorous they're opportunistic carnivores or opportunistic omnivores cats more so than dogs dogs can tolerate a little bit more plant food than cats can but so for the most part whatever treats we try to do i try to stick to that sometimes i for tala if i'm going to give her something that's like a non-meat based or not a bone or a pig ear or something like that she'll get like a carrot to chew on that's honestly a really great snack and she loves it it's great fiber um so that is what I would recommend in terms of snacks. I got a question on food options that aren't through the roof and price. So we have a really great relationship with our farmer and our farmer gives us what we call kind of a dog box. So she takes food that it didn't sell. Um, it, she doesn't like the packaging. Maybe it's freezer burned, but it's still quality and she'll give that to us. I mean, we still pay for it, um, but it's not necessarily as much, but that is honestly very helpful for us. So maybe getting to kind of know your local farmer, some local farmers that we've been to markets all over the place have had dog mixes where they'll mix up organs and meat and you can add that to either their food as if you're transitioning them. But that I understand is a very, it's, it's important to incorporate the cost into everything. And I mean, we're saving a lot of money now compared to doing farmer's dog, probably half the price, honestly. So farmer's dog was obviously very expensive. Um, but like I said, even if, even if feeding raw isn't in your budget right now, you can just start adding a whole foods to their diet to help. So I'm going to go through some questions that you guys had, because I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, I've mentioned snacks, toys, oh, water, duh. Um, so very similar to humans. If you are going to try to switch anything to cleaner, water should be one of the first things. And the same thing with animals, we, they get filtered water. They either get Berkey or distilled. And then I add minerals to it. They do not drink tap water. I was so mad when we had our Christmas tree and our cat wanted to keep drinking the tap water out of the Christmas tree thing. But I mean, even water, if you just start giving them filtered water, that's a huge, 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 huge advantage. So honestly, just starting there and working into some of the food stuff. Okay, um, now I'm going to get into some of the questions. Gut health, joint health, longevity, healthy gums and teeth. Okay, so for gut health, go-tos are a spore-based probiotic for supplements and honestly just giving kefir and yogurt. Whenever we finish a yogurt container, we give it to her. We let her finish it out and she gets kefir or bone broth in her food every single day. That also the bone broth would double for joint health as does CBD oil for her. Glucosamine is also another really great supplement that you can give them, but I honestly think that bone broth is so much more cost-effective, especially if you can make it. And then for healthy gums and teeth, giving them a bone. So we'll get femur bones or marrow bones. And like I said, she'll get one of those maybe two to three times a week. And then she has just femur bones that she's licked all the 
meat off of and now she just has the bone you never want to give a dog a cooked bone they always if they get a bone they get it raw so like don't give them your leftover steak bones or anything like that anything that can shard but if we have you know when we ordered our cow we got soup bones Tala can just get one of those when they're raw. It's a great thing for her to chew on, great thing for her to work on. It keeps her busy, and that's honestly one of the best things for healthy gums and teeth. But even if you just got a bone from the store, like a real actual bone, not a fake bone, and had them chew on that, that's how they clean their teeth, and it's actually pretty crazy. Tala's in a very similar rhythm, just how people would brush their teeth. That's what she does with her bones. At the end of the night, when she wants to clean everything out of her teeth for the day, she goes and grabs her bone. We don't even tell her to do it. She just does it. It's very interesting. It's very, I feel like it's very instinctual, but that's they know how to do it. And I don't really think that the dental things, I've looked at them before and they're, they're, I'd just rather give her a bone that's so much better. There's no crappy ingredients or anything in there. We do have a toothbrush for her that's made with non-toxic toothpaste. I can't, we haven't done that in a long time. Cause honestly, we don't need to. She's so diligent about chewing bones and eating real bones. That's actually helping to get the plaque and tartar off her teeth that we don't even really need to do anything like that. Uh, next question is raw food diet for pets. Um, answer that. How many times a day do I feed? She gets fed twice a day. And why does my dog eat rabbit poop? This is really interesting. Dogs love other dogs poop sometimes because they're trying to diversify their own microbiome. I learned that. I forget where I learned that, but it makes so much sense. Um, I still really try to avoid having her eat any animal poop and I would just rather diversify her microbiome, uh, otherwise, but yeah, that's why animals like to eat other animals poop. Super, super interesting. Um, another question I'd love to know more about dog oral care again for oral care, clean water, incorporating more bones, real raw bones, or just actual real bones that you can get from the store that are like, just they're real. They're not coated with anything. They're not fake plasticky. I don't even know what they make some of these bones with. It's disgusting, but honestly, that's the main oral care that we use. She doesn't have bad breath. She has the whitest teeth you've ever seen. And that's literally just from those two things and clean food. Cause food is, I mean, think about humans. You have better gum health. You have better teeth when you eat better food. Um, my pup has bad allergies in the summer. So would love to know tips. So allergies, just like humans come from liver and gut health, obviously try to avoid environmental allergies that could be in your household, house plants and air purifier, making sure to use fragrance-free and non-toxic laundry detergents and things like that where your animals are spending a lot of time. Like think about even just detergents, right? They're laying on our beds. They're laying on our furniture. They're laying on, they're laying on every, everything. So if as, as clean as their environment can be, the better. And then maybe around that time, incorporating some more gut healing foods into their diet. I mean, and I incorporate it on a daily basis with bone broth, kefir. Those are like my go-tos. I, I feel like I've said that a million times this podcast, but they are extremely affordable. If not nothing to make I'm, then that would be bone broth. If you make your own and inc- you incorporate, you incorporating into your own diet and your pets is the easiest thing to do. It's, that's a very fermented pet friendly food. And it does so well with them. They, they enjoy it. It's a treat for them. If you can put some yogurt in a bone and freeze it and then have your dog work on it, it's mentally stimulating. They're getting the probiotics, assuming obviously it's not a flavored thing. Hopefully we're doing just plain, but you can do, I mean, the best things that you can do for allergies. 
This question asks, getting family or spouses on board with low-tox living or dealing with someone stuck in their ways? Um, I don't know if this, that's not really a question for this. Um, you didn't read that before I asked it, but I mean, like I said, if you're not going to do something for yourself in terms of low tax living, do it for your pets. Cause they don't have a choice. Um, they, you know, they, you're, you're humans. We have a choice like, okay, I don't care. I want to live this way. Your dog has no choice. We have to do everything for your dog. So if you don't, if you don't make it for yourself, at least make it for your pets, um, food transitioning and what to give and supplements for healthy joints. So, talked about transitioning. And then in terms of joint support, we do eggs, we do salmon and sardines. We do some hemp oil, more so hemp or CBD when we're doing a lot of hiking, not necessarily on a daily basis. That's more just when she's super active, but definitely sardines and salmon frequently eggs, um, bone broth frequently. Those are definitely my go-to joint supports. How to holistically stop itching. So itching is usually an issue with like a food sensitivity or something with their gut. So if they're itching, look at what's in their food. Maybe they aren't tolerating a certain protein that's in their food or, you know, maybe they don't do well with chicken or maybe they don't do well with fish or, you know, whatever it is. So you might have to do a little bit of troubleshooting there, but even try adding in some of the gut support that I've talked about in the podcast today with pumpkin, bone broth, kefir, and maybe soak the chia seeds and it works. It works amazing. Um, and then, like I said, you can go a little bit deeper. You can add some, uh, chia seeds into the kefir, let that soak a little bit and really just working on supporting their environment, making sure they're drinking clean water because there's chlorine and things like that, that can affect our microbiome. So, that is also affecting our animals microbiome as well. So I don't know. I hope this was helpful. If you guys want a part two, let me know. This is kind of just all my thoughts into a podcast on things that we're doing. We're not perfect. I'm not a vet. I highly recommend reading the book, The Forever Dog. Really great book from a veterinarian who walks you through a lot of this stuff in terms of no matter where you're at in your health journey or no matter where you're at in your journey for your animals, really stepwise, very tangible things that you can start doing really important things to think about. It's, I'd say this is probably a summary of all of that stuff, but that would be a really great place to look at as well. So looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.